What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to The Main Stand, episode 33. Very special episode today. We've got a guest with us. So first and foremost, let's introduce him. We've got Kevin Pettit from the Loud Americans Discussing Soccer, aka Lads podcast. Kevin, thanks for joining us, dude. Yeah, thank you guys for inviting me. I always try and make myself available um, and come on to hang out with people and talk some footy. And, you know, I got to hang out with you guys before on the pre-show a little bit and get to know you a little bit. So I'm really excited. Thank you so much. Yeah, I think we're all looking forward to it. Uh, you know, just looking through the Instagram and kind of communicating the past few weeks, we knew it was going to be a, a good time. I think we're all pretty similar people just from the first uh, 15 minutes. We kind of got to know each other there uh if you don't mind just diving right in you want to give us like the backstory on you know the lads podcast how you got into soccer a little bit yeah sure man and i love shooting the shit so like anytime i get to like shoot the shit with a bunch of guys and you know talk some soccer and drink some beer and i brought a beer too i, I guess i had to stay on brand with the show and stuff like that but <laughs> you know uh cheers and whatnot thank We're you guys for having cheers. me mm. i have a different well, anyway, thing to cheers to in a bit but i'll let kevin go <laughs> well anyway thank you again um so yeah lads uh loud americans discussing soccer uh it was an acronym me and my buddy made in uh, south philadelphia while we were living there uh we were both college buddies and i won't be amiss without mentioning them that's my best friend martin so uh we've been doing this show now for about four years uh we're approaching 300 episodes um we have like a pretty fun instagram uh, i've been trying to get back on twitter i used to be really good at it and now i just i kind of fell off a little bit um but yeah me and my buddy we just were getting drunk yelling about soccer and a couple of our buddies were like hey like you should get in front of a mic and you know uh since then it, we've had some really great guests we've created this big discord community which i invite you guys please join our discord it's a big uh loving soccer community where people get to like shoot the shit give recipes and talk about soccer and stuff it's it's a good time so um it's it's I'm been a, absolutely yeah i'm in there yeah yeah i'll send you guys i'll send you guys the link i don't mean to absolutely. plug i just think it's uh everyone who's away. joined everyone who has joined has really enjoyed it and uh got the you know a lot of these people have all met each other across the country and traveled yep. we even like it's it's been a really cool loving community and uh all brought to you by like soccer so yeah, uh, you can listen to us on Apple, iTunes, Spotify, wherever you listen to spot podcasts and stuff. We try to do weekly, and you know we mostly talk Premier League and uh, have some drinks, and then just things get out of hand sometimes. Yeah, it's a good time. Sounds like a very comfortable, familiar place. Yeah, it sounds like <laughs> right at home. Um, well, out, so outside of like the podcast in podcast world, and diving a little bit more into the soccer world. Um, before we ask the the resident fan question we'll ask you know just in general you know who do you support how did you stumble into supporting them just you know little general background on your introduction to the sport because i feel like everybody's is so different and it's always fun to hear how somebody found their this sport and, and you know got to the point of today where you wake up at seven in the morning to yell at your tv or or tweet what a strike lad at you know <laughs> seven <laughs> I love American tweets at 7 a.m. That is so good. Like, oh, I can't believe he's falling over while you're literally laying in bed, like sipping your coffee or just still hung over in bed. I love talking shit at 7 a.m. <laughs> um, but anyway, yeah, so my team is Arsenal. Um, I was a bit late getting into soccer. Like, obviously, I played as a kid with the orange slices and the mom vans and stuff, but I kind of fell off of that. Um, and then I didn't really get into it till like, high school, college, when I started playing FIFA and whatnot. 
Um, and that's where I met Martin, my awesome co-host, who's a Manchester United fan. Um, and he was always into like the class of 99. He played soccer his whole life. And obviously Manchester United in the early 2000s, late 90s were everything. And they were only the ones really televised too, he would tell me. Uh, but Arsenal, why I chose them is because it was like my grandfather's team. And the reason he picked Arsenal was because on a trip uh, to England back in the 2000s, and I grew up in the Philadelphia area, just for some backstories. I'm a big Philadelphia sports fan, um, the Eagles and whatnot. So my grandfather asked somebody, he's like, oh, should I support? Should it be like Manchester United? I know they're very good. This is back in like early 2000s or whatever. And he's like, nah, they're like the Dallas Cowboys. Don't support them. Who should it? <laughs> um so he was like told to support arsenal so and i always like arsenal red's my favorite color the gunners like that's a cool ass name um the cannon so yeah that's kind of and then i played club soccer in college um which i didn't really i hadn't played in a while i played rugby actually in high school and college for the most part and then my senior year i just wanted to get drunk and play something so i chose club soccer and then yeah i played a couple in some club teams and like stuff in the philadelphia area but i haven't really played that much in boston also because of like couldn't really get in the teams because of covid and whatnot now i've just been using it as an excuse like oh, i'm out of shape i can't I can't get back out there so um but yeah i guess that's kind of my my background with like soccer and Have stuff you got to see arsenal at the emirates or just in general kind of in america you know on preseason tour or whatever no, I did study abroad while I was in college, got to go to the Emirates, do like the tour and stuff like that. But if you're not like in the know, and this might, might have changed, like tickets were really, especially for a college student, like I was just eating like ramen and whatnot while I was abroad and, you know, taking out loans. So to get tickets to go to the Emirates when I went was like 2015. And that's back when Arsene Wenger was still there and they were still pretty good. I think that was the year Chelsea won uh, the title, that one of Josie Mourinho. Um which I saw a crazy stat about that season where he was in the lead from match day one till the end of the season. And it's like, that was anyway, I I think I saw that on some Twitter today. It's like how that team is kind of underrated, but anyway, um, I didn't get to go to a Sunderland Fulham FA cup game. That's back when Sunderland was in the premier league. Um, and that was that match. It was. Yeah. Sunderland won three nil. My one buddy who I became close friends with, who now works for the Sunderland, uh, what's it called? Media team. Oh, uh, like he's a wow. he's a he's a reporter yeah his name is james copley he's been on the pot i should get him on the pot again thanks for reminding me um you're welcome. he's a james, yeah, you're welcome. James, james is a great guy he's actually in the sunder until i die documentary awesome. he's in season two james is a great guy he's like half welsh half english um but that game was wild. I was wearing a Sunderland jersey at Craven College. They won 3-0, got to do all the singing and stuff. So I think that was, like, my big – like, I was into soccer and, like, generally. But, like, I think after going to a match, um, singing the songs and seeing – especially, I guess, Sunderland is such a good fan base to, like, go and hang out with because they're so diehard. Um, so I haven't seen an Arsenal match. I do want to go over there. I haven't been back to uh, the U.K. since 2015. Where'd you study um, abroad, if you don't mind me asking? Oh, I studied at Swansea, uh, RIP. I love the Swans. I wish they were still in the <laughs> Premier League. I was there during the whole uh, – Wilfred Boney had just left. He just went to Man City. God, and, what a waste of money that was. Uh, I know. <laughs> but they had, Wilfred Boney had one of the best chants. Let's go, Wilfred Boney. Score some goals for Swansea. Oh, it was so mm. good. Um, but anywho, yeah, I was there, and I always – like Swansea, I always consider like my second team because I just have such a – I actually got to go to a Swansea game, which was really sick. And also got to go to the, the rival game between uh, Cardiff and Swansea for rugby. And that was super intense. Wow. That, 
um, at the Liberty Stadium. I believe that's what it's yep. called. Um, and then it was just, you know, the whole Bob Bradley and just the American ownership. And now they're, I think they're 17th in the championship. Last time I checked, I check on the championship once in a while, just see who's coming up and also to see if Swansea's doing all right, but they're not, they have, they've been just okay. Um, but yeah, it's I think just funny being immersed... these stories because like I had a very similar experience. I studied abroad my senior year in Winchester. Uh, so hmm. I have like a so- soft spot, I guess, for Southampton in the same kind of way. And I, I definitely feel the same things you were feeling. It's extremely hard to get tickets when you're over there. If you aren't a season ticket holder, you basically have to pay for hospitality, which is like mm. insane to ask of a college kid. Um, but I hope you get over there. It's, uh, you know, definitely something to experience you know watching your favorite club play at the home stadium uh, yeah especially with this young lot like i really yeah. want to see soccer live i really want to see because it seems just so energetic it'd be such a great time no for sure uh you know, on this side of the pond in, in america do you do you get into the mls at all or you stay pretty far away from that um i mean i would say i'm a philadelphia union fan yeah. um just for like i i didn't want to like make, i'm sorry you know, oh. I actually went to the Revs game last year against Philadelphia Union, uh, where Aronson's brother scored his first oh. goal, mm-hmm. yeah. and that okay, was that was cool. that 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 was really cool. And I was like, my buddy JD, who came up from the Philadelphia area, and again, like I'm telling you this because I am not an MLS guy. I want to be so bad, but I'm barely holding on to just try and keep all the European soccer under me, let alone MLS. So, um. Yeah, I do Philadelphia Union. They also gave us like media passes one time. I got to meet Jimmy Curtin, ask him questions. I got to be in wow. like the lock the locker rooms and stuff like that. I know, humble brag. I'm a dickhead for that, but I'm sorry. <laughs> uh, I got to be in the locker room and like see Bedoya. Like that was so cool. I was like, oh my god, you're you're Bedoya, and like got to meet like the whole, uh, you know, the whole team and ask questions. So that was really cool. So I probably I'd say Philadelphia Union for sure. But I again like I try and bring people on to our show to talk about that or like. I know we're going to talk about U.S. men's national team. That's why I brought my buddy JD on the last pod to try and help me out. Because I, international football, I try and do my best, but I'm just so hyper focused on Premier League and the top five leagues. So, yeah, that's Nothing super. Wrong with that. I think the only reason that we care about the MLS is because, I mean, I personally like to go to Revs games and drink, and it it has turned into a legitimate fandom. I love the Revolution so much. Same with Mitchell. Mitch and I have debated season tickets this year. And then Josh living out in catching, Minnesota right now. Are you catching now. the game this weekend, Pat? Are they playing in, at home? They're at home against New York, but I need to take – I spent too much money last weekend. I need to take a weekend off. <laughs> <laughs> I I impulsively bought tickets like 30 minutes ago for the Sounders game this weekend. <laughs> That's pretty sweet, though. You'll enjoy that. And then, yeah, we got we got Josh over on the West Coast. It's our uh, resident uh, uh, Minnesota United fan. And, you know, he, you know, goes up the alley ends. He brings the vibes over there. And, vibes. well, we'll have him back home soon enough to bring the vibes at, uh, at Gillette, too. Right. But. He's coming back back to Maine just in time for the Loons to come to Gillette. Uh, I, th- I believe they're playing on Juneteenth. The, it's, that's, the, like, the theme of the game that night, and it's on Juneteenth. It's a, it's oh, that's a cool. Yeah. So it's, it's cool that, like, the Revs are a super, super inclusive Mm-hmm. environment like the fort is is an unbelievable place it's the only place to sit at gillette if you want to enjoy the experience because those are the only people that are chanting singing the songs watching the full game and and get livid when the the ref doesn't blow the whistle when it should and then if you me i might spill beer on you <laughs> exactly <laughs> 
<laughs> what do you guys do? I just have a quick aside. You don't have to keep this in if you don't want, but what do you guys do to get to Gillette and drink and then do you like like have a dd or like because that's always been my problem like i live in boston so i shouldn't be complaining i'm only like 45 minutes away but like i'm always like if i go to a game i'm like i only have one or two beers and i'm like i can't really get too like shitty i guess yeah maybe that's a good thing i don't know but like i just i, I know they have buses that go for like the pats games but is there that for the revs there there is nothing like the bus yeah. from maine mm. down Usually mitch and i will just either like we've talked about you know alternating dds mitch mm -hmm. has been like on antibiotics for the last game we went to so i got to go and get shitty and then i woke up in a hotel room in massachusetts um <laughs> so, oh that's awesome that's awesome really good for me but it's, it's usually one of me or mitch will just like drive ourselves down um and, and you know like somebody's the responsible one to get everybody yeah. home that's generally been the vibe this th yeah this last game that we went to was kind of different because we actually had a group of people with us so like we, we tail months. we tailgated i uh because i was sick I'm, I'm dealing with like a bunch of different medical stuff right now like my wisdom teeth coming out just triggered a bunch of things it's like going to get your car fixed like you go to get the oil changed and then and then you drive off a lot your tire pops your your, oh, your God, filter I'm goes so sorry like your axle brakes like they plugged you into that car computer and the, the machine just started beeping <laughs> It's, yeah, it was, it was it was the it was the worst five minute surgery of my life. Uh, but no, we I I we we tailgated. I cooked like steak tips. We made buffalo chicken dip. We had we had somebody make a bunch of like whoopie pies and cookies, and they drank. I did the I did the parenting, um, which usually kind of is how it goes. Uh, I parented our, our buddy Steve and his older brother the last time we went when we went to the. Uh, the New York game, the New York City uh, playoff game. We just sat in the car. They they pounded some nips before we went in. I had a drink in the stadium, um, mm -hmm. and then just drove home because it, it is a long drive. It's like three hours, um, and then leaving the stadium, you're probably gonna have an extra forty five minutes to an hour on top of that. It's in a rural place, so it's tough to get in and out of like mm -hmm. quickly. If that makes sense, um, there's not a lot of like public transport or anything like that if it was in boston or closer to boston the traffic would be a lot less uh in terms of of cars right yeah and i do like gillette place like all the restaurants and like the yeah. bars like that's all really cool and they have the tb12 shit nice like that's awesome i just for me like like i when i was living in south philly i could take like a 15 minute uber and maybe i was like you know a little spoiled because i was in south philly near all like the wells fargo center and like citizen bank and whatnot shout but... out the flyers i work i worked for comcast for three years shout, shout out the flyers we're horrible <laughs> sorry we're just so bad and you know claude giroux's gone like i don't know what's going on with that anyway we can talk some soccer sorry. i can i can call danny briere right now if you want me to i have his phone number uh... that's well that's really cool but <laughs> he was my boss. Weird flex, weird flex, but okay, Mitch. Last note on this that is a soccer podcast. Next, next time we end up at Gillette, we'll shoot you guys a DM. Yes. We're playing something. Yeah, no, I'd love to come out. I've I've been to Gillette for a few Revs games. My first time there, I actually saw AC Milan versus Benfica. That's awesome. Um, nice. I got, and I got to go hang out with uh, a couple of my buddies from another soccer podcast. I can't believe I'm blowing it right now. What's the name of their podcast? It's like the red card. Sup? God damn. I'm sorry, Joe. I'm sorry, Rui. If you hear this, 
Um, you guys have got me onto Italian soccer Twitter, and I love it. I love you guys. Um, but they introduced me. I went to a Portuguese tailgate, and it was awesome. I had like the little mini yeah. beers and stuff. I gotta say, it was a great first experience at Gillette. I think Incredible. I remember that one being advertised in Boston. I remember like seeing Jao Felix. Uh, I think that was like right before he left to go to Atlanta. and Donnarumma. Yeah, he was there. Yeah, yeah. Um, Donnarumma is a big fucker. He is, he is a big dude. Unbelievable what... transition into our next segment here, um, <laughs> fellas. Italy got knocked out of the fucking World Cup by North Macedonia in the ninety-second minute. Yeah, they did. First, two World Cups now. Two World Cups where a former winner, like a recent winner, is not going to be featured in in this World Cup. And now they've come off of a Euro win and failed to beat North Macedonia. Before we really chat about the football and like what we think went wrong, I have one thing. I just like need to put out into the ether. Every single one of you, all of you, all of you who were campaigning for Jorginho to win the Ballon d'Or, you are still on my shit list now and forever. That's all. Thank you from a uh, City fan to a Liverpool fan. Um, Not any of you. Just I'm putting that into the ether. I yeah, hate no. That was – that was that was my first my first thought my 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 gut punch reaction to Italy missing out is well that's another four years nobody can even validate putting Jorginho's name in a Ballon d'Or conversation. Um, I think it was it was wildly, wildly, wildly unrealistic to have his name there in the first place, but now having having anchored that Italy midfield to yet another non-existent World Cup appearance, it it just kind of solidifies that argument. Um, it feels like Italy are scared to go fight on the biggest world stage. I don't yeah, I yeah. don't know how they lose a game to North Macedonia like this. Bonucci the after the game saying uh he was like going on about how the system's, you know, wrong that it came down to like one game where they, they blew it and that they really they haven't won in like six games I think I think they have like one win in six games so cheers Leonardo um I made this pasta especially for the podcast just to troll the fellow Italians who listen so if you saw me munching on pasta that wasn't me having dinner it was me trolling the fuck out of you guys for missing two World Cups in a row I I do I do want to say I feel bad for our our, our friend Julian yeah sorry Julian that, that is a tough tough <laughs> tough loss. <laughs> It's, um, someone clip that. <laughs> <laughs> clip that chat. Rip, uh, rip, Julian. Uh, Sorry, man. Uh, yeah, I mean, it's, it's just a big feels bad. Yeah, I mean, it doesn't feel bad because I had to watch the U.S. lose four nil to Trinidad and Tobago and miss out on the last World Cup. So you know what? They've won the World Cup. They'll fucking get over it. Yeah, man. Uh, for me, uh, just to hop in here, I feel as though. It was crazy when someone put in the context that we won't see Italy, and that's if they qualify for the 2026 World Cup, 12 years without Italy in a World Cup. Yeah. And when someone said that to me, I went, that's wild. You know, this is like Italian football. This is supposed to be the, you know, creme de la creme, uh, marron. Um, I 
I could not believe. And also to go back to Benucci's comments, the teams that they drew like the last five games yeah. and it was like Lithuania, but it was like all these bad European teams that Ronaldo snapped stat pads against. Sorry. I'm just saying like, it's not like it was, his criticism was mostly against the South American teams where there's South American teams that have a couple losses or whatever, which I will always make the argument that I believe the South American qualification is much more difficult because of how much, how much better they are. And it's also sad. Oh, we're going to say Pat. You'd be right. That's all I was going to say. You'd be oh, right. No, I, I always, I get where he was trying to go after South America, but like, again, like we're not going to see also Colombia. We're not going to see Chile. Like that sucks. That really sucks. Um, and you know i feel as though with this italian loss like you really got to start looking at that euros run and how it may be overvalued how mancini is vastly overvalued as a manager and this italian crop yes they have some great youth coming up but like i just think like italian football in general has just been just a little bit overhyped and this is kind of like has just really brought it off to the forefront I think I think my initial reaction to that is like if if we're talking euros um not only does it overvalue Mancini it it kind of it kind of pushes Gareth Southgate a little too oh, no. <laughs> which I'm fine with <laughs> you, you, you know what I mean like England did everything to bottle that but for Italy to miss out on the bigger stage in a game against Macedonia, North Macedonia, my apologies. I th I think it does both. It it pushes those two top leagues in Italy and in in in, in, in and in England to a different to a different level. Like we have to be critical of these two clubs. They're they're world leaders in football. And if we're having teams like Italy not make it to the World Cup final with all of that talent, it does force questions. It does force that conversation of is this overvalued? It does this matter as much. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I for one, um I'm all here for Gareth Southgate slander. And, you know, I'm a big England guy. I'm going to be really messed up if England and U.S. end up in the same group in the World Cup because then I'm, I'm going U.S. I'm not, you know, I'm not a traitor or anything like that. But, you know, I love, I love it's coming home. When that song starts playing, it really does something to me. But, yeah, man, I, I don't know where you go with Italy right now. Like, the comparison I'm kind of thinking of it in terms of, like, a title defense is and not to get all like to mix american sports or anything like that i was kind of thinking about the lakers when i thought about italy mm -hmm. like just won a title and then two years later are probably not going to make the playoffs yeah like that was the biggest comparison and where you have these big names the coach and like have all this momentum and then you kind of change things up and try to change like who you are I just think like that's kind of where I see these two teams that are just dropping from such a major win and just falling off a cliff. Yeah. yeah. As much as one first, first and foremost, the Mancini slander hurts me a little bit. It really does, <laughs> um, but it's valid criticism. It's valid criticism. A team like Italy shouldn't be losing to a team like North Macedonia. Um, that being said, I, I think you guys have, 
said enough about Italy's shortcomings. I would like to just be the first one on the podcast to praise North Macedonia. They had a game plan. They stuck to it. And they're in a World Cup. And it's a club that going into that game were like 90-10, all the odds stacked against them. I don't think there was a single person who thought they could win that. And in the 92nd minute, they went and did it. And for me, being a fan of a, a team like the United States that are like the minute we get out of CONCACAF are like chronically the underdogs. It, it's really, really great to see these, you know, these smaller teams getting these opportunities to like go play. Are they in the, the World Vic- Cup, Pat? Not to correct you. Uh, no, actually they have to beat. I think they actually lost to Portugal today. Oh, no. It would have been yesterday. Did they play yesterday? Yeah, they lost to Portugal. They lost okay. 3-0 to Portugal. So, my bad. But beating Italy is a big enough accomplishment Correct. in and of itself. Correct. And I think either way, they should be praised for doing that. Um, and Portugal are a better team than they should have won, and they did. So, yeah. Hell of a goal, though, in the 92nd minute. I was also like, yeah, we were not giving enough praise to them for, you know, spoiling the party. <laughs> Good for them. I love this. Like when Iceland spoiled in the Euros, all those teams. Yeah. I loved it. I'm not a Ronaldo fan, so Iceland spoiling it for Portugal that uh, that one year. It wasn't the – yeah, it was the year they – in the group stage where, like, they almost didn't do the thing. Yeah. I loved that. Shout out all the Man United fans, too, uh, yesterday spamming Twitter with uh, Bruno playing good in a big game. Uh, that's just a ridiculous statement when you're playing North Macedonia. <laughs> I love the, the Bruno yeah. slander as well. Um, Those of you who know me know my thoughts on Bruno Fernandez. Um, that's regardless, all uh, moving to a different continent. Uh, Senegal versus Egypt. We don't have to dive too much into this one. I just thought it was interesting because of the spectacle that was the fans in that arena with all the laser pointers. Uh, that was one of the more insane things I've saw, not just in soccer, but in sports in general. The ref having absolutely no thoughts in his mind to maybe stop the match until people put the laser pointers away. Uh, absolutely crazy. I, I need your guys' take on that one. Mm. I mean – I mean, we see laser pointers, but we don't see them to this level. Like, we've, I've never seen players painted like this on, on television and in pictures with laser pointers. There must have been at least 20,000 college professors in, in the seats that day. Like, at least with the amount of laser pointers. Um, at the end of the day, Egypt couldn't, couldn't get it done. Um, and honestly, I'm I'm hurt for Mo. I'm happy for Mane. Like we're we're those Liverpool fans again in the same Afcon conversation. It's like, well, shit. Now we have to be happy and sad at the same time um, because we want to see all of our players succeed in their international um, in their international competitions. But to see the laser pointers, I, I don't I don't think at the end of the day the laser pointers were the end all be all. But in that situation, they they do cause harm absolutely i mean yeah it was in Saul's face when he's running up to take the penalty it was uh pretty egregious and they were doing it to the the egypt goalie as well who's been stellar saving penalties you know in the past calendar year uh i like the comments from mo too after the game those were a little interesting about him maybe um retiring from international football 
Already? Did he, did he say that? Oh, wow. Yeah, I, he, I didn't well, see that. He thanked his teammates and said, it's been great playing with you if I never get the chance to play with you again. He pulled a messy line. Yeah. Messi does that like every other week. <laughs> and I'm yeah, a messy stan. But... Last uh, last night, when they uh, after their draw, he you know he alluded. <laughs> did he? <laughs> I love so... Messi and LeBron. They do that stuff all the time. And they do like the greatness stuff. And like I don't know. But I was, uh, first off, that was fucked up. The laser yeah. thing, the whole, it, it was a whole nightclub on the pitch. I, I really want to know more about the intricacies though, of like what, how much planning was there like laser pointers throughout the match? Were they saved just for the penalty? Were there like discord group chat? First off, our discord doesn't have any laser pointers, but were there like group chats <laughs> like and like all these different things where they were like, how it was so organized because it wasn't just like, because I've seen matches where it's just one or two. Literally, like uh, Josh was saying, they were painted. It was like they were polka-dotted across their whole body. That's why I think it stuck out so much to me. Because I've seen it a few times. I'm like, ah, that's some random dickhead. I wish somebody in the crowd, like, I, I wish there was more, you know, self-regulation within the fandom and stuff like that to realize this is not cool. A lot of people were be like, oh, these Senegal fans, they're being the 12th man on the pitch. And it's like, no, they're, that's not being a 12th. I've, I've seen a lot of people try to spin zone this, and I don't like it at all. It's like, no. oh, they're being the 12th man out there. It's like, that's not being the 12th. That's just cheating. Right. <laughs> that's, that's just straight up cheating. That um, is hindering a player's ability to see. That is right. taking a human's ability to operate at a normal level. And when yeah. there's that much, it's it's it does raise those questions. It's not just one or two. Yeah, and, and going back to what Josh said too, I I do understand with the ref, uh, being an idiot in this situation. But I also kind of understand the ref where like if he stops the game, if these fans are just doing this, like would they like storm the pitch? Would they start getting upset? Like you have to think about crowd control stuff like that. So I feel like the ref is just like, all right, we're going to penalties. Let's just get this over with. Whoever wins, wins. Fuck it. Like, let's just get out of here because it seems yeah. like the, everything was already up, turned up to 11. Yeah. If and only Egypt had to access to lightsabers, you know? <laughs> Twitter was great after it as well. I saw someone uh, made, like, a tweet about, like, what Egypt was looking at when taking penalties, and it was the D-Generation X, like, intro music with all the flashing green lights. <laughs> Uh, it was a content um, wonder world after that That's game. That is, um, that is the example of soccer Twitter being okay. There are exactly. a lot more that are like soccer Twitter is a very dangerous place. It's a cesspool. It is such a cesspool. <laughs> and I am so – oh, go – sorry, Pat. I was going to say it's 75-25, like real bad. And then there's, you know, 25%. It's just like this is fine. I like it here. <laughs> Yeah, I just feel like everyone – and, like, again, like, we're in the take game. We do our soccer pod. We have Twitters, Instagram, stuff like that. Everyone has to have a take nowadays, but it's okay not to. <laughs> like, you can just sit back. <laughs> it's totally fine not to have, like, oh, like, Mohamed Salah can only show up for Egypt. Like, or, or, no, sorry, he only shows up for Liverpool because he's part of Klopp's system. And, like, uh, he doesn't show up for Egypt in big games. I'm like, I don't think that's true. Like, I just, like, like all the stats will tell me that that's just not true. Maybe it's because he plays for a way better squad <laughs> with Liverpool than, say, Egypt. Um, but, you know, I just feel like people will just, like, Mosala has a couple bad games with Egypt. He's only good under Klopp's system. Like, everyone has, has to have a crazy take after things like this happen. 
I mean, Moe's had plenty of bad games on their club, so. Yeah, exactly. Terrible. There you go. I want to see it. I want to see the. I want to see the pod fight. Yeah. Give me a bad right winger, quick. Go, go, go fast. Jordan Ibe. He's a Egyptian Jordan Ibe. Adama Traore. Welcome. He's playing well now. He can't be overrated. He's good for Barcelona now. How many? How many? How many goals did he score for Barcelona? How many goals has he scored for Barca? He's got like four assists already, but that's not the point. I'm angry that he's doing well. Can Moving we digress on. like 10 seconds? Kevin mentioned just like hot takes in general. Uh, being an Arsenal fan, what do you think of AFTV? Um, AFTV is interesting to me um, because I really do like Big Robbie. I think what Big Robbie has done for the brand, he's done a lot of positive things. Um but that has also spurned out into the crazy personalities with horrible people under it. Like uh, that one guy, D DT, I forget yeah. who DT, that guy sucks. There's a couple other people who got like called. There's the one Arsenal fan TV guy who was doing like this, uh, the slanted eye stereotype about Song Hing Moon, um, like an Asian, like racist. I don't know. There's, there's a lot of bad things about Arsenal fan TV, but I think what big Robbie does and the, the ability to, um create like a sense of community and fandom i think that does some good stuff once in a while but man they've had some stinkers in terms of people in the past couple years um but shout out big robbie i think big robbie's great or troops the guy at barstool i fucking can't stand that guy (laughs) i think he's so i think he's so annoying he's just like he just plays a character and like of course like even me like i get a little bit more animated like on a podcast on my own show like i but i try not to that guy just goes insane and in terms of hot takes too it's uh, it's pretty incredible so yeah that's my troops just for the reactions it's not even that i like enjoy it or like relate to it it's just so funny to watch him like you know kind of every goal every goal scored against arsenal should not have happened uh and fam fam blood blood we can't we can't possibly no like, like i can't do it man sick of this guy he yells to the point that like it, that that zimbo can't say anything yeah and he's awesome he's actually the most reasonable person i think he's great um and i've had some like talks and interactions with him and every time i talk to him he's just in like the the uh what's it called the sound person in the room like i'm yeah, like ah, he's, he's he's the one that's like okay voice of reason good. yeah thank you yeah he's the voice of reason um yeah, so that was talking AFTV with an Arsenal <laughs> uh, It's a mixed bag. That, that Kevin probably has little to no input on, unfortunately, but I need to complain a little bit. Well, not complain. I need, I need to just speak. I have things I need to say. The United States didn't lose to Mexico, which is fucking tight. And then they won their next game. Someone help me. Who'd they play? Quick. Panama. Panama. They beat the shit out of Panama. Um, feels like one foot in the door to the World Cup. Uh, I will, I've been saying it the past couple of weeks. I will say it again. I was wrong about saying we weren't going to qualify for the World Cup. I think that was a little, uh, little rash. I was a little upset at the moment. Um, Gio Reyna being back is, oh my God, fellas, fellas. Fucking Gio Reyna. Oh, my God. That little run he went on. Oh, my God. He's a baller. Missed him. Him and Christian, man. Oh, my God. 
him healthy with McKinney and Pulisic and a remotely confident striker. I don't care who it is at this point. Just whoever is scoring the most goals right when the World Cup starts. Just put Christian up top. Let him play the number nine. That goal he had, the the third goal against Panama, was Burkamp-esque. Just the way he flicks that and drags it back across the second defender. Unbelievable. Yeah, Panama. I'll allow allow the Burkamp comment, but, you know, just because I like Christian. But (laughs) I was happy with the Panama performance. Um, One of our better performances, too. That being said, I don't think we were, like, super bad against Mexico. I think – we did what we had to do at arguably one of the toughest stadiums for any team to go to, let alone a team with, unfortunately, the type of quality that the U.S. has. The Azteca is like a notoriously terrible place for us to go play. Coming out with a point, four points in that World Cup, and I'm happy. I'm I'm over the moon with those with those two games. Yeah, no, this is how we should, as a country, be playing. Um, I think the addition of Tyler Adams back into the side as well has been immense uh, defensively and and that control in the midfield that he provides, especially with without Weston McKinney. Um, I, I just I just think it speaks to what we can do as a country, even when we do have a, a knock here and there, um, especially in that Panama game. Uh, there were a lot of big, big, big moments that I think we all can kind of touch on and, and look at and say that was a, a crucial moment. Uh, Pereira taking the ball and our Ferreira, sorry, uh, taking the ball and, and holding it, waiting for the verbal assault uh, before the penalty is ready to go twice. Um, and then just being patient when VAR is needed. Um, we we looked like we knew what we were doing out there for 90 straight minutes. Which fuck? That's a new. That's new. That's, <laughs> it felt good. Yeah, my biggest takeaway was that we played a strong lineup. I don't yeah. understand Greg. Sometimes he just puts out these weird uh, Doc Rivers lineups sometimes <laughs> just to bring in the Sixers. But like sometimes Greg, huh? You don't. I, un- I fucking hate Greg Berhalter. Sorry. Greg the egg man. Greg the egg. I don't I sometimes I just think he tries to big brain it and I don't understand him when you have this young crop of amazing talent I hate when he tries to grab at MLS players when you have so much great and there's no shot at MLS but we have a lot of great American great MLS players but we have so much young rising talent in Europe that like when he didn't start Geo for the uh, Panama game I was like what are we doing um, he's, yeah. he's coming back from injury though so like that right, right. sense to me um, but yeah, I mean, unless, unless we have another Trinidad and Tobago, not to give you some PTSD, Pat, um, we are qualifying for the, uh, us men. Uh, we are qualifying for us men's actually, we are qualifying for the fucking world cup. Um, unless we lose like six nil or seven yep. one, um, well, which, which would well, be an, well, a crazy well, knock, well, knock on wood. I'll knock, I'll knock on wood. We're not, that's not going to happen. So this is all should be rejoiced. This should be a, a time to rejoice. I was really deflated after we didn't qualify for the last World Cup, and I just finally feel like now, after the past year or two, with all this amazing young talent, I'm still not confident in Greg at all, who is. But you know what? We're going to the World Cup. Let's strap in and support these guys. Oh, hey, at least we don't have to go up against Italy. Yeah. 
Well, that's what England's saying right now. They're like, ah, finally the the, the, the championship <laughs> is ours. Yeah, Southgate's probably at home thinking, oh, thank God we just won the World Cup. We only have to listen uh, to Taylor Twelman one more time too. <laughs> commentator. Oh, games. that's that's the real. I only have to listen to Taylor Twelman for one more game, and then I can just mute Alexi Lawless for the entire World Cup, and my life will be so much better. I'm just covering Dude. the Revs logo for a second. Hold Who on. Who does Alexi Lawless? Is it Twelman slander done? <laughs> I, I can't stand it. Sorry, but I can't stand him. Twelman, I'm okay with. I can't stand Alexi Lawless, and I'm a ginger, so that doesn't help. You know what I mean? Like, I, you know, I try and like Josh Sargent, I, I'm, I'll die on that hill. Put him at the number nine. I, I love Josh Sargent. I think he's hurt right now though, right? Uh, I don't believe so. I just don't think no. he's getting minutes at Norwich. Yeah, he he was though for a minute. He scored a couple of goals for them. But anyway, yeah, I can't keep I up mean, with he, Rel- he had a good run of form after that Scorpion flick that he had. for. A, yeah, a, that was sick. He had a good little run of form and then it just – Timu Puki is our man. Timu Puki will bring us to where we need to go. I mean, he is fortunately, yes. Stank. Anyway, but yeah, go U.S. Men's National Team. This should be celebrated. The the verbiage yeah. I have on the graphic too of U.S. MNT qualify as if it already happened is like the biggest potential mush of all time. Just like they already Ooh. they already brought the banner out too. Like why that was bad we about that. Yeah, that was bad. That. Like we'll that. See. That that was like all the bad juju. I was like, okay, that's the nail in the coffin right there. And then and then they awkwardly like close it and bring it back while the other one goes goes up. Mm. It just like it was like, okay, now all the players can't get involved. Now all the players are just like covering up the the mistake. Like somebody clearly grabbed the wrong banner and handed it to them. But it's, it's... Fine. everything's fine. Anyway, anyway, we'll find out tonight. A couple I'm more sad. hours. I won't be sad. I promise I won't be sad. You guys want to talk about the Premier League coming up because April is about to get wired. Um, before Mitch and Josh and I get to chat about how many times City is going to beat Liverpool uh, <laughs> over the course of this month, uh, I, I would really like to get, now knowing you're an Arsenal fan, uh, Kevin, how do you feel about Arsenal's run in in April because this really could be uh, a decisive month for you guys and in making the top four. So, be- you know, before Mitch, Josh, and I scream at each other for ten minutes, uh, tell us about Arsenal. How are you feeling? You know, what do you what do you think this upcoming kind of congested spring, you know, run of fixtures is going to bring you guys? And uh, I do you think Arsenal are going to get through it and, and get to the top four. I think you're going to do it. But what do you think? Um. Yeah, so our main competition right now would be what? Manchester United, Spurs, and uh West Ham hanging around there at all? West West Ham's hanging lost. around. I, I feel like I feel like Chelsea's also, but I feel like they've just kind of like slotted in at three. So I think it's definitely between Spurs, West Ham, Man United, and then there's us. Um I as an Arsenal fan want to believe. I want to believe that we will be sitting in Champions League football next year. And I kind of believe it. I feel as though the Arsenal that was the eighth place uh, team that it was last year has made significant strides. I think the signings that we've made and the improvement by certain players, I think Thomas Partey in particular is not getting enough love. 
the way he has stepped up and being able to control midfield, Odegaard, everything flows through him. He's been an immense signing. And I mean, ESR and Saka, I mean, come on now. They're just so fun to watch. They're just having a great time out there. It's just good because like rival fans are upset that we're having fun again. And that feels good because we haven't felt that in a long time. Most of the time, like I think we talked in the pre-show, we were the meme club and we still are, you know, we're also fashion FC. We, I saw our new jerseys got released today. Those were fire. They the look, black one was nice. The black one was really nice. Also the pink, the pink was yeah. pretty good. So I, I, I actually haven't bought a jersey in a while because I've been so lethargic about Arsenal over the past couple of years with Arteta, Unai Emery coming in after Wanger, but yeah, I look at Spurs and just how I think Arsenal has been the most consistent team. So I think with that consistency, I know we have the makeup game against Chelsea this month, right? Yes. Um, so. And I haven't looked at the entire schedule for April yet. Um, but I feel confident in the squad because the games that we used to lose or draw last year, uh, we're winning those games. and We're also drawing the games where we usually drop three points. And I just think the flow, the chemistry of this team will allow them to get into the top four. But it's again, a, it's a tough run in for you. I just, I just pulled up the, the games real quick. So this Monday you have palace, which is uh, tough because it's away from home at Selhurst park against Patrick Vieira, uh, mm. Brighton, Southampton, Chelsea, man, United, West Ham. So that little, Ooh. that three run West of Ham, games. West Ham's may 1st. Don't get it twisted. <laughs> right before my birthday perfect um i would say it is a tough run but a couple of those clubs are dealing with europe yep. a couple of the clubs are dealing with a lot of injuries and a lot of dysfunction so i don't know man i feel good about this current arsenal squad um and i feel as though we're still not going into games like i feel like we've been very humbled by this season too um to be able to have this type of like young blooded team with not like getting rid of the personality of a bombing which i talked about in the pre-show like i was very excited not excited but i was thinking it was the right move because those were the type of guys we let sit around for too long gave them too much money and then they just weren't performing after they got the big contract i know he's doing very well barcelona i saw the hat trick i saw everything but i definitely think with lacazette and this young core like i think that was the change that was needed um but yeah, my long-winded answer, if I look at Antonio Conte's Spurs, I would probably, if I were to pick someone else, it would be just because I think Antonio Conte is the best manager out of all the rest who's left. Yeah. Um, and then probably Manchester United, just from a sheer... I mean, Manchester United should be the four, just on sheer talent. They have the most talent out of anybody. And I, West Ham, I love West Ham. I love David Moyes. David Moyes is a great manager as well, but I just, I just don't see it. That's fair. I, uh, I, I, I'm impressed by Arsenal this year. I've kind of Arsenal's the club. I like to kind of pick at a little bit on Twitter. If I'm being honest, I always get in little digs with That's their fine. fans. Uh, I, the thing I still have a problem with with Arsenal that I think like Liverpool really exposed. I still don't think the center back partnership is a hundred percent. I'm not like a hundred percent sold on, um, Gabrielle. Gabrielle's the one I'm a little mm. bit concerned of as a defender. I think the guy that's at Lille right now, um, I'm Salabia. on his name. Salabia. Yeah, Salabia. I think he might honestly slot better into that position. I like Ben White. 
Gabriel's just looked a little bit suspect at times in terms of positioning and ball playing, not really looking up and stuff like that. But I do think Arsenal will probably get top four, and it does feel a little bit like kind of those first couple years under Jurgen Klopp before we had European football. Um, that there is a culture building, and I think the fans are starting to see it at the ground and stuff as well. So, uh, good stuff to see. But I guess we can switch gears here a little bit to uh, Man City, Liverpool. Uh, Pat, you feeling any differently? Just like letting the nerves build a little bit over the past couple weeks. Before we go there, I I, I just one more thing. Involve our guests just one more time, and then us three can <laughs> kill each other for ten minutes. Kevin, gun to your head right now. Who's winning the Premier League title? Uh, I gave my answer on the last pod. Um, and, you know, there's no offense to Josh and Mitchell. And, Pat, I've just met you. But I've picked Man City um, just because if I'm looking at – no, Pat, don't – this is not oh, – That's for them. That's for them. <laughs> if you don't want to – if you – visual aid for everyone else, Pat was flipping off the others. <laughs> um, but – what I want to say is just because Man City has the depth, they have uh, just the history behind the past couple of years. If I'm betting on them winning the past like three out of four Premier Leagues, am I betting on Pep Guardiola football where he pretty much just plays without a striker forever? <laughs> no, I don't think that's it. Let's get you on I, more often. <laughs> no, Pat, I'm just saying, I'd be like, I, I appreciate Liverpool. And I think what Liverpool has done to actually make it a title race where I was the dumb fuck who said it was over in December on me. We all were. I said that as well. Um, I'm glad it is a title race. If Liverpool pulled this out, I am not upset as many other people who are fans of other clubs would be if either of these teams win. I am would not mind either of these teams winning the Premier League. But again, like I am just looking at at just strictly the history here of man city and just being clinical in the end. So, you know, I think of the title race like three years ago when it ended up, what was it? And I don't mean to bring up bad memories. It was 98 to 97 points, right? Yes, sir. Company with that stupid fucking goal from 35 against Lester. Out. Yes. Yes. Fucking legendary, so, man. That's just tough. Fucking, okay. Pat, this is not, I shut this the is TV not... off when that happened. I shut the fucking thing off and I walked away. That's the life of being a Liverpool fan. You're just waiting for that moment. You're waiting for that moment every single week. And week to week, your blood pressure is like 150 watching these games because you're just waiting for something bad. Yeah, sponsor us, Whoop. We need to know what our heart rate is. We need to know what the fuck is going on when these games are happening because it's getting out of hand. Um, uh, Before Josh and Mitch go, I'll give my two cents. Um, I'm a little less nervous than i was uh the last time we recorded um that being said i think the ner the less nerves are because i've accepted the fact that we're gonna fucking bottle it you wait oh i still think we're gonna bottle the title you what do? information are you working on that we don't have well what title have you ever bottled pat i just think it's gonna <laughs> happen it, it just feels like there's this perfect storm for Liverpool to to come back and beat us. It's all gonna all gonna boil down to. Are you spinning this into a you're gonna win the Champions League thing though? Like you're gonna use that no, energy we're gonna, to go we're on. We're gonna lose in the semifinals of the Champions League too. We're, we're we might win the FA Cup this year. I think. Oh, it's the FA Cup in I which we also play you next. We might beat you in that. I don't fucking know, dude. My my biggest thing I'm seeing with City in these past couple of games is. 
yeah, they've, they've got all this quality and like they're comfortable playing without a striker, but the Palace game showed it. And honestly, we, we beat Southampton 4-1, but that game showed it in the first half too, where these little individual errors keep popping up in the wrong places. Like Southampton got back into the game because of a Laporte own goal. And we're just like not super great in front of goal. Those three missed chances by Bernardo against Palace really stick out in my head, but that's kind of been the theme all season outside of that. I think it was like that seven nil or that like big, big win we had a couple months ago. City have looked pretty pedestrian and you know, most games are just like going through the gears and the individual quality in the side is going to outgrind a lot of these teams that are just like sit back and play scared and, and, you know, let city kind of take the game to them and eventually they'll break them down. But teams like palace that play them, they get a point teams like Liverpool or not Liverpool, but Liverpool will play them. But teams like Tottenham that play them zero points in two games against them one point or two points against uh, Southampton. These teams that get in City's face knowing all they have to do is bypass the press and be organized at the back because they don't have a recognized number nine. It's it's coming. It's just rearing its, its head. And I am afraid that even if we draw with Liverpool on this, this upcoming game, that we'll draw a couple more times. And this Liverpool side feel like they are winning games and i can't always say that about city and that's why i think it'll be close um but ultimately i i i just have this feeling that city are going to bottle it and liverpool are going to win the league by a couple of points come the end of may i love that i love hearing that from you i think uh you don't bet against an angry mo Salah. uh that's kind of my number one reason for this and also liverpool got quite a few players that are just like well rested Trent in Dubai recovering. I still don't buy that he was injured. I think that's fully. City. Let's, let's just none of our fucking first teamers got called up except for Kyle Walker because Trent was injured. What? Nobody. De Bruyne didn't get called I up. Walker did get called up. After. Yeah, because Trent yeah, that's what he's injured. saying. But none of our like key key guys really got called up. Like Foden did, but he's he's a fucking spring chicken kids younger than yeah, kids 22 yeah. years old and fucking everywhere Grealish got called up but would you call Grealish a key well, some guy of our older players then because Tiago didn't get called up to Spain Joel Montep obviously doesn't play for Cameroon so we have some of our kind of more experienced guys that just I think got a nice little break which is important for them yeah um, I mean me too I, just, can, can I interject real quick sure this international break uh Pat just raised the question he wouldn't call Grealish a key guy for a hundred for a hundred million, I would consider him a key guy. Not this season. What city are you watching, pal? I, I, I'm. That's that's the point I'm making. Is if you go out and spend that kind of money on somebody, you would expect a key guy. Hey, as someone who has Pepe, I get it, Pat. <laughs> Record signing when we first got him. Not a great first season. Since his first season. He has been undoubtedly our best attacker and our best winger. You can never, ever judge a pet forward on their first season. Second, I'm not. I'm, I'm just I'm saying right now. We're talking right now. We're talking the present. We're talking the, the Premier League title push. I'm being the realistic guy and saying Grealish 
has not been a key player this year. He just no, has... he hasn't. <laughs> you no, know what's gonna hasn't. happen? Now? I know he hasn't. Jack's Jack's gonna score like the winning goal to win the Premier League, and all the Man City fans are gonna be like, <laughs> yes. "Worth it! It was totally worth it! The hundred million he got, the one goal, like they did with uh, what's his name, uh, the Belgian guy who won Chelsea the Premier League that one year with Antonio Conte. He he scored like the goal. That's why. Yeah, Batman. Oh yeah, God damn! What a deep cut that is. <laughs> that was sick. I like that. Yeah. Thank you. I, I don't know. I, I I just don't feel super confident in City. Mitch and Josh, you guys can give your two cents now, but I, I'm just scared. I don't think we're going to do yeah. it. I think something's going to happen. I mean, that's fair. I, I think Liverpool do run away with it. I think their midfield healthy is just, like, awesome this year. That trio of Henderson, Thiago, and Fab is just unreal in the middle. I, I love that, and I think bringing that back, the addition of Louis Diaz just adds more depth up front for them. Firmino yeah, coming off the bench can just completely change a game in the way he moves. Uh, Jota, consistent. You know, Mane's coming back happy. Saul's coming back pissed off. Great combination. I, I love it. It's hard to see this Liverpool side, like, not being the favorite every single game they play f- from here to the end of the season. Except the City game. And that's the one that I – like I said, I think that's really going to be – if we if, if City win that game at the Etihad – I can see them going on to win it, but I don't see them winning is the I, issue I have with I that I could game. see Pep big-braining that and, like, trying to come up with, like, too elaborate of a game plan like he does in the Champions League sometimes. And you know that he's going to, like, try, like, analyzing what Jurgen's going to do. Jurgen's just going to run the ball down his fucking throat and literally just play rock and roll football like he always does. Um, I, I think Pep knows that, but I just feel like Pep's going to overthink and try to do something too big because he thinks it's such an important match when Klopp's just going to stick to his guns and Liverpool's just going to play the Liverpool way and I, I think get the three points on that day. I um, guess the past couple of years, though, City kind of, I don't want to say figured Liverpool out because that feels like a really gross overstatement, but if, if you just look at these past fixtures, like you haven't beaten us in like two years in the league now, is it? Yeah. That's it's been like a draw at Anfield loss at the Etsy had for you. You know what I mean? I, I think Pep, I don't know if he'll overthink it, but my fear is he'll be too conservative and three, three points is a must if city want to win the title there. So that's, I guess that's my only two cents. Uh, I will say that we are just now 11 days away from, from the premier league match. Dude, you're 11 days away from having to see me like, three times in or two times in 10 days that's terrible yeah Yeah. it's it's we've been talking about it a lot we've been it the culmination is coming it's been five months it's been four months we're down to 11 days until Mm -hmm. the city liverpool match happens do we play at like a, a reasonable hour of the day? Can I be drunk by the time you get 11, 11 30. No, oh my you God, I'm having a shower beer. We're That's too much time. Day. That's way too it's, much time. It's, it's the, it's, that is the prime time match of the day. Like that is the culmination of everything. It is Super Bowl Sunday at 11 30 a.m. Oh, I can't fucking wait. Oh my I, God. I, I have like a, a dumb question. Yeah. Um, so let's go to the hypothetical of the April 10th game between Man City and Liverpool. Whoever, whichever team wins, do you think the other team just decides to then just focus on the Champions League? 
because like i've heard the espn fc the dumb twitter takes like oh the team should just now just focus on one one thing i think both teams are too competitive these two managers are too smart and competitive to do that i think they'll both try to compete on both fronts but do you think there's a part of you anywhere that thinks like one of them like say like man city or liverpool beats one team three nil like it is an ass whooping and they go all right gotta refocus let's just focus on this one thing if city get the shit kicked out of him i only want us to focus on the champions league as a city fan who i you know all the jokes here they fucking come but never fucking won the champions league god i want to win the fucking champions league if, if we get our asses kicked but it means we refocus and win the champions league dude for lack of a better term i'd nut <laughs> I, th- I i think in in either scenario if we win or lose on april 10th we're still going for a treble mm, okay I, I think I think Liverpool are in a position right now where if we get the shit kicked out of us on April 10th in the Premier League, we go in six days later and play City again at Wembley on neutral ground, and we we win that game, and we move on through the FA Cup. Neutral ground. City love Wembley these past couple of years, pal. It's not Anfield. It's not the Etihad. I like regardless of neutral ground, it's not either of our our castles that we I mean it was built. it was labeled Anfield South for a while back in the day. So I, I do yeah, think if, if the Premier League talk to me then. If the Premier League comes off the table at that point, the FA Cup and the Champions League become the focus. Yeah. However, I, if, well, we win, city. if we win if we win, the city are now out of the Premier League race. We're still focused on Wembley, and really, I don't know about that either. And City become champ uh, are focused on the Champions League. I I just I don't. I think with with our Soda Cup victory in hand already, I think that puts us in a position where we're a little bit more comfortable navigating these three, these three different you know tournaments. Out of the Premier League race is a stretch. If you beat us, it's two points. Yeah, I if you if you establish a two point lead at this point, I don't see you dropping more points than we would. Like, Brother, you would I'm ma- seeing you, you maintain with two games in hand. But do you get where I'm coming? Do you get where two I'm coming points? from? Do you get where I'm, do you get where I'm coming from? No, two points. You, you, you're not that. All I'm hearing is you're not confident in your side to hold on to that two-point lead until the end of the season. Yeah, but saying that, that the point. team is out of a title race with a two-point gap. I just want to say, I never said that anyone's out of the title race. I just wanted to see if any of the teams no, like, changed gears a little bit. Or, I did, you that. did Sorry, I said that. <laughs> don't don't put that blame on yourself. I said that. I mean, I'm, I felt I'm, bad. I was like, I thought I worked people up. <laughs> and may, maybe this, I, this is happening regardless of whether you were here or not. Let's just I've, I've known this kid for way too long to not scream at him. Um, no, like I, I just think I, maybe I'm over speaking without of the title race. I think this loss means a lot in the title race and two points could mean a big difference when it comes to the final five, six fixtures of the season. Now that I'll agree with, but out of the title race is wild. Sorry. I'm, I, 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 I put it out of context. We're gonna but argue fans I just, for just a second. Here. I like, just I'm sorry. Yeah, no, I just I just think Liverpool are are in a better position to navigate the three different 
competitions that they're in right now should they lose or win in the Premier League against City on April 10th. I want the Premier League. I just want I just want to celebrate. I do too. I want the vibes. Most. I'm surprised you don't want the Champions League, Mitch, so you can have a better game than the one in 2019. <laughs> Who wouldn't gotta, want a better gotta game dig, than the gotta one dig in 2019? Got to dig. Uh, we'll, we'll move on. I have some quick picks. We don't have to talk about these games. I'm just going to give them out pretty much. Um, let me just edit the box. Logistics company. Um, first one, Liverpool versus Watford this weekend. I think Liverpool are absolutely going to shithouse Watford at home. Uh, Salah to score. Uh, actually, Salah as the first score, plus 240. We're going heavy on that. I think he's going to come into this game on a mission. Maybe even get like a hattie. I think he's just going to have an incredible game. Uh, and I have Liverpool to have a clean sheet as well, minus 155. A little bit juicy there, but I don't see Watford scoring against this Liverpool defense. Uh, that's been pretty consistent lately. Show me the 3-0 like when you guys were supposed to go undefeated. That's all I'm saying. I knew someone was going to bring that up. That wasn't going to go unmentioned. Uh, West Ham Everton. I have the West Ham money line minus 125. That's easy as can be. Everton are very, 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 very bad under Frank. Poor Frank. Poor, Poor Frank. Boy. He's, he's just not getting any balls to go his way, even when he does put out a, a decent game plan. Well, quick question around the room, though. Do they get relegated? Just yes or no? No. No? Mitch says yes. That was my hot. You have that been was my biased, though. That was, that was, <laughs> like four weeks ago. I, if not longer, if not longer, we're we're talking like may, definitely over a month ago. I said yeah, Everton are getting Frank. Back. It was right when they started to slide. Mitch was like, "They're getting relegated." So Mitch is riding with the relegation. Yep. I think they hold. I think they barely hold on. Yeah. They have right too now, much individual three, talent. They're three points clear with two games in hand over Watford and Norwich yeah. Burnley are sitting with two games in hand as well uh four points behind them so Barely. if Burnley if Burnley get their results I mean Everton Burnley don't have an easy end of the season yeah Burnley play us this weekend that's three points lost right there right but uh, we see Everton Burnley on on April 6th that's actually that's gonna be such a fucking good game uh, and then Everton play United, Palace, Leicester, uh, Liverpool, Chelsea, Leicester again, Brentford, and Arsenal to finish the schedule. Stop, stop. He's already dead. <laughs> All right. I keep it going, Josh, but they have like I, I still don't. I still don't think they get relegated. Um, Palace, Arsenal. I already mentioned this one. I have Arsenal money line plus 105. I think it'll be a tough game, but I think they see it out uh, like a 1 0 maybe a 2-0. I think it will be a really good game. Keep your eye on it because Selhurst Park will be vibes this weekend. Um, Tottenham-Newcastle, another really, really good game. Love the way Newcastle's been playing the past, like, two months. They've just been really fun to watch. Over 2.5 goals in this one, minus 125. Seems like an easy pick here. Um, Wolves-Villa, I have the Villa draw, no bet. I think I got this one wrong the last time these two played because I think Stevie... Might have been one of his first couple games as manager. Um, I like Villa in this one. I think Villa had that little slip-up for a couple weeks, but I think they're now back on the rise. Um, Chelsea-Brentford. I have Brentford covering plus 1.5 in this one, minus 125. Uh, I think Chelsea win this one 1-0, but Brentford won't lose by multiple goals, I think. I think Chelsea's just been playing a little bit weird lately. They're not really killing teams. Uh, 
really narrow score lines for him lately. Um, Leeds Southampton. This one's fun. Uh, Jesse Marsh, that, that game, I don't even know if we talked about it the last time out, uh, coming back from 2-0 down to win 3-2. Looks like he could be building something. He's had a few digs at English reporters that I've really liked, uh, just about him being American and stuff. Really like what Leeds are doing. Definitely going to stay up after it looked a little bit questionable. I have the Leeds draw no bet in this one. Um, Man United against Leicester. I have a Man United win and over 1.5 goals. Uh, again, pretty straightforward because Leicester have been, frankly, pretty shit uh, this season. And then a bonus one just to throw in there because I'm going to the game. Minnesota United, money line, plus 125 against Seattle Sounders. They beat them the last time they played last season, Robin Ludd, uh, who was away with Finland right now with Timu Puki, uh, scored the winning goal in that game. So I'm, I'm riding with Minnesota United. Those are Rick's picks. Uh, bet responsibly, and the betting is Dial going four one one if you need it. Yeah, exactly. The betting has gone great this year. Hundred forty picks, we're hitting like sixty percent. So, uh, yeah, keep it moving. Damn, <laughs> sorry, <laughs> that's so good. <laughs> we uh, we're up like twenty twenty two units. We're doing really really good with the bets. Uh, some weeks and that's been... with a one for what eleven or twelve week in there. Uh, it was like I think it was three for twelve or two for twelve, something like that. It was really really bad. We've been hot lately, but yeah, that that's Rick picks. Uh, nothing too much. We're not going to dive into the international stuff or uh, the other top five leagues this week, just because a lot going on with the Prem and w- with a guest on the pod. Um, the last thing, do you guys have anything else to add, Mitch? Pat? No, not a thing. Rick's picks is yours, dog. Perfect. Uh, last the thing we had was a, in. a small first-time segment with a guest, uh, a Legends five-a-side lineup. Thought this would be a good way just to kind of break the ice a little bit more and get to know a little bit more about what you think of some soccer legends. So, Ke- Kevin, what do you got for a, a Legends five-a-side team for us? Ah, uh, man. I s- thank you again for sending the notes before the pod because I never do that for my guests, and that's very considerate of you guys. So thank you again for that and having me on. Um, this is me stalling, and I am thinking of my five aside at this moment, but I definitely have Henri in there. Am I allowed to put Henri at left wing and not striker? Yeah, you can do yes. whatever formation you want. You could play five strikers okay. if you want. Okay, so I would have Henri at left wing, R9 at striker. Um, My cam is Zidane. Okay. Um, And then goalkeeper, I'd probably uh, – Buffon's retired, right? Am I crazy? No, he's still playing. still playing. He's still in the Elmo. Fuck. Uh, that, that just throws such a wrench in there. Um, Goalie's a tough this, one. Goalie, uh, Petr check. I'll do check. Ooh. And then um, and then right wing, or who would I have on the right? Um, Not one defensive player in a five-a-side team? Oh, yeah. I should probably have a defensive player. Um, I would probably do... I'll do for shits and gigs. I'll do Tony Adams. I'll throw another Arsenal player in there. That's a good one. I like that. Saul Campbell would have been another good shout. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I, I love Saul. God, but I, Tony Adams is just a meme. He's so funny. Yeah, he's great. <laughs> that's a good. That's a good lineup. I like that one. I like R nine would definitely be in mine. So we'll have to. We'll have Not to do uh, some bias. Yeah. <laughs> Aguero's retired, so I have to put him in a in a retired five aside if I was to do one. 
I, goalie was a tough one. When you were thinking of goalies, I was kind of going in through my head, and I was like, oh, sheesh. Mm. I'd go with that, that little, little like, guy with the hat in FIFA. <laughs> I, 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 I was – I, I thought I saw the question. I'm like, I'm going to write this out. I'm going to do my homework. And then I showed up to class and just did it right there in front of the teacher. So <laughs> I'm sorry. I probably have a better five aside out there. That's like the first one I come up with. So um, it's not bad. It's not bad. It's got R9 and Henri in the same team. You're good. Exactly. Yeah, those two with Zidane in the midfield. I <laughs> shout out Pat for helping me. I was like, I'm just going to do all out attack. No defenders whatsoever. Like, hey, hey, just in case you don't <laughs> have the ball. Oh man! And, and just to close out the the pod real quick, just to stay on brand with with your guys' podcast a little bit with ours too. Uh, you're in Boston now, correct? Yes. So you're familiar with New England and stuff. Can can you give me five beers in any order from New England that might be your favorite? You can include some Philly ones too. Shout them out. Oh yeah, I'll just do Boston beers. Um, I really like Night Shift. Night Shift Brewery is really good. Um, oh, is that what you're having? Yeah, uh, fun plug about me. I do social media marketing, and uh, one of my one of the people I work for is Casa Chocolate. They're like a, a tiny chocolate company in Mass. They just oh, did no a, shit. They did a tenth anniversary beer with Night Shift, and uh, not sponsored, but they did they did shoot me a four pack up after uh, all the, the oh and, uh, hell yeah! Shout out Night Shift, they're awesome, man. Um, Treehouse Brewery, you know, you guys are probably super familiar with. That's a great brewery um castle island brewery i walk around castle island all the time they just opened up a big one down in southie this big brewery uh it has their logo looks like the arsenal logo so obviously bias there right. um i'm trying to think um sam adams is good sam adams is you know the summer ale the winter ale the the shandy whatever not it's it's okay it's not it's okay <laughs> i don't know sam I'm not Sam Adams is Boston's version of Shipyard. I yeah. hate them. Fair uh, enough. And I, I like I like Shipyard too, but like I totally get the comparison. Um and then I'm trying to think, where's what's that one brewery down by Seaport I always go to? It always gives me like Irish vibes. Um I'm trying to think. Uh I don't know. I feel like what was that? Four beers? Yeah, we can wrap um, up four. We can call it. We can say four is fine. My my favorite beer. I love Dogfish Head. I'm biased. My my grandparents are from the Delaware area. I go to the Dogfish Head brewery all summer. So I think Dogfish Head is my favorite. When Sequench Ale, I fucking love that shit. Sixty minute. All their all their beers are so we good. We saw you drinking Algash White on the Instagram the other day. You an Algash White guy? Oh, it's okay. It was in oh, my that's back like my, of my favorite fridge. beer. Damn, Algash White is okay, but you're gonna it's put good. Sam Adams in your top five. I was just honestly, this was kind of like my five aside with the legends. It was kind of I was riffing. Wait, <laughs> I'm so hurt. Allegash White is very good. I just never. It's just like when I have it, I go, ah, this was very good, and yeah. then I forget about it. I'm I sorry. Mean, I don't. Man. Hey, 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 hey! At least he's had these, Pat. I uh, I went gluten free before I turned 21, and uh, I I went to school in Portland, Maine, with a bunch of craft breweries that I couldn't drink their beer, so. Yeah, Ooh. Kevin, if you ever, ever find yourself in the state of Maine and you're like, shit, I want to drink some beer. <laughs> Hit me up on Instagram, brother. I've got you. You just need to how be far, able to. Like how far are you guys from like Portland? Because I've never been to Portland. I've only driven through Portland. I'm, me, and my, I got to say, me and my girlfriend, we had a great time in Maine. We went up and stayed in a yurt <laughs> or whatever the shit it was. Oh, uh, yeah. Like a little. 
a little teepee shit and it was yep. awesome and we went kayaking we passed through portland i've heard portland has crazy breweries in the great they made the great place i lived so i lived in portland last year and i moved back home because it's really expensive to live in portland by yourself and i couldn't find mm. uh, i will be moving back to portland by like middle of the summer end of spring kind of deal so and i'll be doing the same thing with south portland in june so me and pat will be brew buddies we've got we've got hell hell yeah no i'll definitely come up and hang maybe we'll catch a game that'd be great uh i know a really a couple really good soccer bars in portland too because soccer is a a really big sport in portland they love soccer in portland Hmm. oh also shout out trillium and harpoon i love going to harpoon and getting fucked up in the summer right on the water (laughs) great and trillium was the one in seaport also great so i just want to give those two a shout out too great breweries it's like one of the best breweries in the country yeah yeah love that well that was dope uh kevin again thanks so much for coming on very very much awesome riffing with you dude um if you ever need a guest hit us up one of us will fucking show up um (laughs) oh again just blessings thank you so much for coming on man it was a pleasure having you uh josh mitch you guys got any clothing closing thoughts I've got clothing thoughts, and this jersey is sick. But my closing <laughs> thoughts are, uh, no, much appreciated for you coming on, talking footy, drinking with the boys, and having a good time. It's always uh, it's always fun bringing a new face onto the pod and, and having somebody come chat and give a different perspective. Yeah, tune into the Instagram this week as well, or this weekend, I should say, uh, for the Minnesota United content. We'll be, I'll be filming a little bit there. Uh, and subscribe to the podcast on YouTube if you haven't already. Hell yeah. Make sure you give the lads podcast to listen to. Go find them, you know, same place you can find us, anywhere podcasts are available. If you're watching on YouTube, also ding the bell. Ding that shit so you know whenever we post our videos. Rate us on Spotify if you haven't yet already. Uh, And then lastly, if you're going to a live football match this weekend, break into the box that they play the pre-match music on. plug your phone in and either play the latest episode of the lads podcast or play the latest episode of the main stand over the loudspeakers until they throw you out. That is all. Peace. Thank you for listening.